Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. I'm Sarah Bivens. And I'm Matthew Bivens. We had a home birth back in 2016. So we started a podcast about it. And then grew it into a birth brand to help future and current parents believe in their success with home birth. This is the place to hear home birth stories along with helpful resources and tips to feel empowered and supported in your birth journey. This is Doing It At Home. Greetings, loved ones, and welcome home. This is Doing It At Home. We're so happy to have you here. Thanks for listening. Today's episode is Q&A with midwives about the midwifery model of care, informed consent, and family-centered birth with Sarah McClure and Charlie Zarasinski. Before we get into that conversation, I think it's cool to highlight here that we've had a number of really great conversations recently with birth workers and talking about the life of a birth worker, all that goes into that, whether it's the different routes to get to your space of whatever kind of birth worker you are and whatever classification of that you are, as well as the the work and the time and the energy that is put into it, and to really understand that more as we are you know birthers and planning for birth and we utilize their services and we work with them we create lots of times relationships with them and they become like family and i think it's really great to get that insight just as much as it is to learn and hear about birth stories to hear about the people on the other side of that who are supporting us in that and so how can we just learn about each of our stories from within a birth experience right we're all having different perspectives and things that go into them so i think it's entirely beneficial for you listening right now if you are planning for your first or your third home birth to learn about the life of a birth worker, whether that's a midwife or a doula. In this case, we talk about the midwife route and and way of life and just how we can learn more in the sense of having a really great relationship with our care providers so we know more about them and we know kind of how they work and what the parameters of the relationship and the services are. Just think all around It's a really great way to empower the space. And we are all about supporting birth workers because we want more birth workers out there in the world living into their passion and into their calling and supporting us and serving us. So how can we serve them? So that's really what I want to put out there as well. How can we collectively as a community of people who are very inspired by birth as an experience, as a rite of passage, as a beautiful thing to embrace in life? How can we 
all come to the table and and seek out support for everyone involved. So I think this is this is a great add to that note and to that conversation. And we have a couple of other episodes coming up in a, in a similar theme to this. So I kind of just wanted to prep that and preface with that. So here we are speaking with Sarah and Charlie of Hearth and Home Midwifery. And we unpack a lot of really great topics in this conversation. Before I give you those highlights, I want to remind you to go to diahpodcast.com if you have not already, to just check out all the ways that you can connect with us, learn more about doing it at home, see how you can follow us on the social platforms, check out the swag shop, check out the book, Doing It at Home. You can get a hard copy of it on Amazon, or you can download a digital or audio version from our website, and just all the ways that you can stay in the know and be in the community. Our free weekly email newsletter that drops every week, you can sign up for that again from our website, diahpodcast.com. Okay. So a couple of those themes that we talk about here, we talk about the different routes to becoming a midwife. We talk about explaining the midwifery model of care, particularly to someone who's new to the concept, what an average day in the life of a midwife is like, what support do midwives and birth workers need, and how can we as clients be best informed to create the best relationship possible with our midwives, with our care providers, and how to determine if your area where you live is home birth friendly. Quick word from our sponsor, and we'll dive right in. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hi, Sarah and Charlie. Welcome to the show. How are you? Hi, thank you so much for having us. Thank you. We're for... doing pretty well. We right. just came off a really awesome weekend of births, actually. Nice. Got a full I'm feeling great today. Oh, great. We awesome. love midwives that are well rested. That's, oh, yes. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yes, thank you both for joining us on the podcast today. This is fantastic. We're excited. And I'm really excited to share your resources and what you all, not only in your birth work, what you do in your community locally, but what you've put out there into the birth world. So the Home Birth Midwife podcast, which we're going to include links to, we want people to go check out. Um, and then you both run Hearth and Home Midwifery in your local area. So maybe you could just set us up with a little bit of that um, and just share about that briefly to kind of you know set the stage in the context for this conversation. Yeah. So Hearth and Home Midwifery um, is a small home birth practice. We practice exclusively in people's homes, as it sounds like. We practice in the Portland, Oregon metro area and in the Columbia River Gorge. So we're working with a small amount of families every month to provide really personalized, holistic, you know, complete and relationship-based care to the people that we take care of. And 
we care from people pretty much from the time that they find out that they're pregnant up until six weeks after their baby is born. So it's a complete cycle of care through the childbearing year um, on a very individualized basis. That's great. Oh, that's cool. I love how you said relationship yeah. driven as well or relationship based. That I like that term. I want to incorporate that more and I want to hear that more. So that's that's fantastic. And so how did each of you, I guess briefly, if you could share your entry into midwifery, because there are different routes to go and stuff. And I know we'll, we'll probably get into some of the nuances as well, because I want this to be a really great re- resource for those who are just coming into the understanding of what a midwife is, how you become one, what the life of a midwife looks like. Um, so maybe you could each kind of share a little bit of what that journey has been for you. Yeah, I initially started my like birth worker journey as a doula and as a doula, I was doing mostly hospital based births. And actually from that experience, I learned that I really wanted to be a home birth midwife. I was meant to be a home birth midwife because I had many personal struggles in that setting as I was trying to help people um, just kind of have the birth that they're planning and I wanted to jump into this other world to create room for a whole different option for people um, who want to have a physiologic birth experience. And so I met Sarah along our educational journey. So I will try to share like part of it so you can share part of it. Um, but we are direct entry midwives. So we went to a college specifically intended for home birth midwives, midwives who are going to be practicing out of the hospital setting. And that's really important to note because our skill set is really different than people who do the nurse midwifery route and learn how to be midwives in the hospital. Um, We have to learn kind of all the skills, you know, the skills of a nurse um, and a midwife, you know, and maybe in some cases what an OB would do in the hospital, Mm -hmm. definitely what a pediatric care provider would do in the hospital we're trained in all of those areas so that we can take care of people appropriately in the home setting. Mm. Can you talk real yeah. quick? Oh, oh, sorry. I'm just, you, you mentioned, Charlie, physiologic birth experience. Can you go back and explain that term and give context around yeah, that? Yeah, for someone who's like, well, what does that mean? And that's, that's what I did. I said, <laughs> that's what, that what you did? Cool. Well, there you go. Here we are. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Physiologic birth, meaning what happens you know, undisturbed Mm. in the human body during pregnancy, labor, and birth. So as midwives, we really honor that pregnancy and birth are normal human events and not something that inherently requires intervention, but is something that in, in healthy and low risk pregnancies can actually just be Um, kind of monitored for safety, but doesn't necessarily need intervention from a provider to like make it happen or make it work. So physiologic meaning um, just an undisturbed human experience, I suppose. Got it. So just allowing the physical natural processes to to do their thing. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Wonderful. Great. There we go. I love it. We're <laughs> learning. Oh, always. This is always this is learning for, for, for everybody. Yes. So Sarah, what about you? It's a pretty similar story to Charlie's. I was invited to my first birth in 2009 as a support person. And um, I was it was in the hospital and I was really appalled by what I saw. And that is not to say that all hospital birth is appalling, but the one that I went to was. And um 
I really marked it as that, well, that can't be the way that babies are born. And it, it definitely bothered me. I began to do birth work as a doula kind of stemming from the desire to be in the birth space and be supportive to birthing people and also to intervene and, and, and try to make things better. Cause I learned like, Oh, there's this profession where you can support people and help to make things better. But very similarly, I quickly understood in the hospital setting that although I loved being around the birthing people and the babies, I just, I just saw over and over the use of interventions that I didn't believe were necessary. in a lot of the clients that I was serving. So I got interested in home birth and I learned about the legacy of home birth in the United States. And I didn't even go to my first home birth until I was already a midwifery student. So I was really like, I think this is going to work out. And then, and I was like, well enrolled, like I've been taking classes for a while. And my first home birth, I just was, I was in tears. I was so happy because I was like, yes, this is beautiful and amazing. Of course, it's really hard. And um, it's hard to be the midwife. It's harder to be the birthing person, but um, what a, what a beautiful, profound and empowering experience. And I was like, oh yeah, this is, this is what I'm going to do with my life. This is how I'm going to spend my time on earth. So here I am. Wow. Can you speak a little bit to, you mentioned the legacy of home birth in the U S can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. Um, so of course, most babies historically have been born in, in their homes and, um, I'm not a great historian of the exact, like, you know, historical points of when things happened in the United States, but in the 20th century, um, birth moved from the home to the hospital in the United States. And that was largely a function of obstetricians wanting to do more births, obstetricians and gynecologists wanting to do more births. They're definitely economic drivers. Um, and in certain communities, there have always been midwives who have continuously practiced, particularly African-American midwives and indigenous midwives. Um, but the greater culture lost midwifery for a while. And then there was a resurgence of midwifery um, beginning in like the 1970s. And then it kind of went from there. And again, I'm not a great historian, but it's been growing since then because because home birth makes a lot of sense and people have great experiences at home births and the outcomes are so good that the more people learn about it, the more people are choosing that. Um, and so things like this, where we get to talk about it and familiarize it as just a, as a reasonable option for safe and low risk people, it's coming into people's awareness again, and it's growing mm -hmm. rapidly every year, which is so exciting because it was, it was, it was really dwindling for a while there. And now it's on the rise again, which is, is good for birthing people and good for babies and good yeah. for families. Absolutely. What's the, the home birth culture and community like in your area? Well, in Portland, Oregon, and in Vancouver, Washington, both, both areas that I'd say we mostly are attending births. Um, the, the home birth culture is robust. There mm -hmm. are lots of people planning home births. Our practice is at capacity every single month. Like oh. we are very, we are very busy for a small home birth practice in the area that we live. And I think it's where we've seen even in the last five years that there's just been a greater wave. So we're assuming it's going to continue to climb, but it's a very um, popular option for healthy, low risk people in our area. Hmm. And, and how are the, like, how are your relationships as a midwife 
with hospitals, you know, in the event that there's a transfer. I know in the South, we hear a lot of stories where the hospitals will ridicule you and, um, you know, <laughs> judge your decision if you're a transfer coming into the hospital. But how, how do you, like, what's the vibe in the hospitals where you all are um, and how they view midwives and the decision for home birth? Yeah, it, I mean, it, it really varies provider to provider and hospital to hospital, nurse to nurse. Mm -hmm. But generally, we do enjoy a greater uh, degree of collaboration in our region. A lot of hospital-based providers in our area had home births themselves. They understand oh, okay. the benefit of home birth. Mm -hmm. Certainly, L&D nurses. We, we take care a lot yeah, of them. We have a lot of them in our care. They're planning home births with That's us. Great. So That's we cool. do really, in this region, enjoy a much higher degree of just like relationship. We can easily call maternal fetal medicine and do a consult if we need to do that, if we have a question about something that's coming up in someone's pregnancy. Um, but that's not to say that we don't face some occasional just misunderstandings when we um, come into the hospital or our clients don't, if we're doing an intrapartum transfer, which means somebody needs to go to the hospital during their birth or certainly an immediate postpartum transfer. Um, sometimes there's just a lot of just lack of understanding about everything that midwives do offer, the risk assessment that we perform and the skills that we have. So we are, unfortunately, the onus is always on the people who are doing the thing, right? So we yeah. are the ones who are having to educate people a lot of the time about what we're able to do, which is hard when we're also providing clinical care. Like we've got plenty on our plates, um, but it it is improving all the time, I would say. And as more and more consumers, so this will get to our question later, more and more consumers are choosing home birth yeah. and they are advocating for a greater understanding of midwifery, then it's just going to get better and better over time. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Love hearing that the, the the climate continues to change and evolve. I would love to yeah. see a very well thought out and invested approach to determining kind of the success markers or factors that make an area very conducive to holistic prenatal care and home birth alike. You know, I'm sure there's a lot of factors. I'm sure it's a lot of things like how many midwives are actually in the area. We would need them. Um, and then to support that, are is there a healthy doula population and community? Um, mm -hmm. What are the hospital options? Are there many? Likely the more there are, the more you'd probably be able to find mm -hmm. some variation versus like just one mm -hmm. hospital in a county. Um, that I'd be super curious to just see that and to almost give regions like a grade, if you will, on, on what the likelihood is like to have a um, low conflict, smooth, yeah. you know, flow home birth process. That would be so um, valuable. <laughs> we need someone to go do that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like a map. That'd be yeah. You know, and we could color grade it and all. And, you know, that'd yeah. be so cool. You know, people would, you know, move based on that or like, you know, change, make, change make their career plans and such so that they could be in an area where for sure. So you can birth your babies the way that you want to. And with the kind of care you want. Mm -hmm. um, Absolutely. So what is then some, some key differences of the midwifery model of care, um, home birth midwifery model of care that would be useful for um, parents and families to kind of be aware of. Again, if I'm thinking about us at that early stage, we we're figuring out what a midwife was, what they do. Um, and then you even mentioned how there's a difference in training from being a midwife 
working in a hospital versus working in in the home. So I was just wondering if, if you either had like a bulleted list or some examples to share as far as what that model of midwifery care is and what it looks like um, for someone who's interested in it or is, or is looking into it. Yeah. The first thing that really differentiates our care from any other model is the continuity piece. So if somebody chooses to work with a home birth midwife practice, they are hiring a provider to see them throughout their prenatal care, their birth and their postpartum care. So our practice, as an example, is a team of three midwives. And so everybody who works with us spends time with all three of us prenatally and has two out of the three of us at their birth. So the midwives who are taking care of them in their birth in that really vulnerable time and space are people who they know well, who have already built trust with them, who've, who've already taken care of them, and we know their story. Yeah. Um, so that continuity, I think, is huge in terms of the emotional and like psychological pieces of safety when, when people are giving birth. Yeah. Another big... Um, component of the midwifery model of care is a huge emphasis on informed consent and informed choice. So our, our perspective is very much that the people that will be most impacted by the decisions should be the ones making the decisions. And that means that our role as midwives is to share what the data says, what our experience has taught us, um, and to present all of the options from doing nothing to doing the most interventive thing. Um, and then to give people time to integrate that information and make decisions. And so prenatally, we're doing a lot of informed choice conversations um, as much as we can with a laboring person who's like, you know, between contractions, we're doing that in labor. And then certainly with newborns and postpartum care for the birthing person. So it's very different from um, the medical model, which often assumes that doctor knows best, even if, even though there are so many amazing providers who maybe don't practice that way as much anymore, that's still the overwhelming kind of philosophy of the hospital setting. And that is so different. Our, our goal in the midwifery model is that the family feels centered and that they were the drivers of their experience. And they kind of hired us as trusted guides and to, to say, hey, I'm seeing something that's not normal. What do you want to do about that? Mm. And that's really, really different in the midwifery model. Mm -hmm. Can you speak about your approach with the partners as well? Great. Yeah, yeah. So anybody who the pregnant person wants included is included in every aspect mm. of care. So. Oftentimes that does mean that partners are here for almost every prenatal visit with us, which is wonderful yeah. because they get to be included in this experience that they absolutely should be included in, in our opinion. It is yeah. also their baby. It's their family. It's their person who's going to be giving birth. And we want to build relationship with the whole family. Um, we, we call it family centered care. And, um, so yeah, partners are always included in prenatal visits. We create space for their questions as well. And then, um, we do a home visit before people, um, are in their like due date range where we, um, schedule it around the partner's schedule too, because we want everyone to be at that visit at the very least. And then in the birth, we see it very much as our job to support the partner in supporting the person in labor. So what is this couple's goal for their birth? And like, what, 
what ways did they want to be supported by us so that they can work together for their baby to be born? Yeah. And for some partners, that means being the first person to touch their baby, receiving their baby. Mm -hmm. For some partners, that means just getting a lot of instruction on what's the best, what are the best, you know, phrases to use to support their partner. And, and it just really varies, but again, it's individualized care. That's another tenet of the midwifery model of care is that it's individualized. So it's not one size fits all people are individuals, you know, partnerships are different. And our goal is to support these people to feel as comfortable as they can for what is correct, you know, what's going to be appropriate for them, what's the right thing for them. So that really does look different person to person. Like we're all really different humans. Yeah. One thing that I feel like you get a massive advantage of as birth workers in this model of care, in this setting, is just the sheer amount of time you spend with your clients versus what an OBGYN will spend with their patient. And what you're able to gather and collect, even the small nuances that might not seem like a big part of the the literal care, but you might hear some things like you said about the individualization, you know, maybe something about past trauma or relationships or things that they're processing mm-hmm. or things within the family dynamic that you get to pick up on. And then you get to be aware of in the midst of the birth where birth being this very catalytic kind of experience, what could be coming up, you're aware of that. And I just, I think about that as just a, a huge advantage point for uh, home birth birth workers in the sense of just what you get access to and the time that you spend going back to what you said at the top, it's relationship building. And so that that's an element of the care as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And the joyous things too, like the humor, like what's the silly nickname they used for their baby, you know, like they called it blueberry or whatever, you know, like we know those things too. So yeah, it can add the sweetness, which is a huge part of the joy of our work is like really knowing and celebrating these families that we really care about. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane. So shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. I want to talk about for a second kind of the, the behind the scenes, if you will, or the the life of a midwife, <laughs> you know, um, and just some elements of that that we might not know about as the clients or as the families, um, you know, and it's fun to get that insight, but also just to appreciate more of what it is you you truly do, because, you know, our midwife emphasized to us, my goal is to do nothing basically. Mm-hmm. Well, I've never seen, I've never seen though a do nothing that requires yeah. so much. Like <laughs> it's a very 
tall order of a do nothing here. Um, but I get it. I get what she's, you know, what she's saying. And I've seen that play out and I've heard about it in other instances. So let's just talk about, I mean, there's so many things, right, that we could go in, go into on any moment of, of your life. But maybe when a birth is very close, like, you know, you're within those couple of day range or something like what's going on with you for you mentally, energetically, like, is your phone full battery and full volume all the time? Like what's going on? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Well, I go to bed at like 7 p.m. Yeah. Nice. Every really night. early bedtime. Because we never know when the phone's going to ring. Yeah. So yeah. it's very nerve-wracking to stay up till like 10 because if you get called, that's so much less sleep. So we really do. We go, we're early to bed, early to rise. <laughs> I go to bed with my toddler. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. And we're always on call. So, I mean, the, the biggest thing to start with is that we're, we're, Often, I should say often, we do take time off call. But if we are on, then we are on. And that means 24-7. That means that, you know, we're doing this interview right now. The pager could go off and someone Mm -hmm. could tell us right now that they're starting their labor. And that's how we live our day-to-day lives. Like every time you go to the grocery store, every time you go on a hike, maybe you planned to go to your kid's soccer game or whatever, like the pager could always go off. And either someone needs you for a birth or in our model, since it's continuity of care, they need you for something else that is going on that requires immediate attention. It's not just the births, although, of course, that's a really big part of what we do. So, yeah, I check my phone volume like (laughs) I won't say how many times before I hardly fall asleep, but like a lot of times because I'm like, it's on, right? It's on. It's on. It's on. It's good. Okay. Yeah. Lots of that. Lots of making sure everything is is ready for us to go to a birth at any moment. You know, like the gas tank is full. Um, we have our supplies like totally ready to go. Um, sometimes, especially when we're taking care of people who've had vaginal births before and they might have a quicker birth, we have our stuff just literally in our car all the time. Um, yeah. What else? Food is a big thing. I'm like always worried <laughs> about my snack situation. Sure. Like everywhere I am, making sure I have enough snacks yeah. for birth. I mean, that's me and I'm yeah. not a midwife. I need to know where my snacks <laughs> yeah. are all the time. <laughs> yeah. So it's a lot. It's a lot for the mind and for our hearts. And we both kind of joke about this, but we both have somewhat of a meditation practice to like that's great. Chill mm-hmm. yeah. about it and like, feel really relaxed. Just take it as it comes, <laughs> it's, you know. But we, ha- it's like the the tension between being relaxed and present at all times to our own lives and our clients, but also knowing that at any moment we could have to go. Yeah, so, like living prepared. that way is pretty wild. It's yeah. pretty wild lifestyle. And then, yeah, just like to say nothing of most babies are born at night, mm-hmm. so yeah. almost every week we're up through the night at least once okay. often more than that um so really building in you know our self-care around that because as we know sleep is so important to health um and then yeah just just the actual like seriousness of our work we are really diligent about risk assessment about regular meetings between the two of us and with our third midwife about what's going on with every client are we thinking about all the different pieces um, just a lot of communication, very regular communication. Um, you know, I mean, really, like we're the people. <laughs> like, yeah, I see her more than my husband. Right, <laughs> right. We're together and talking like all the time. So the lifestyle of it is also 
a lot of like, Hey, can I call you during my drive about what just happened? Mm -hmm. You know, and I want to check in and make sure that we're thinking about everything. So we give a lot of our hearts and our minds to making sure that people are not only physically safe, but emotionally safe that we're thinking about everything. I mean, really literally at this point, Charlie and I do like a 7am check-in on Sunday mornings and like catch each other up on everything, which, you know, like that is part of the lifestyle is that we are, we're making sure that we're just centering everybody. And, um, and then, yeah, also like doing the physical things of catching babies and, you know, administering meds and checking in on people prenatally and postpartum and labs, labs. Yeah. (laughs) Reviewing ultrasounds, like all of that stuff that is probably a little more obvious to people. Wow. I love hearing that because, you know, before, before we connected with our midwives, I had really no idea what, you know, a midwife really did. Definitely didn't have any idea of the life of a midwife, had no idea what you all are thinking about behind the scenes. You know, we would roll up to our appointments and they're just chilling. It was just kind of like, you know, they're so calm (laughs) and peaceful and I imagine you are like that too. People show up for the appointments and you're just relaxed and everything's, you know, chill. And I'm just, but now you understand there's all these things happening behind the scenes to be able to coordinate and communicate and put you all in that space to then hold the space for these families to answer questions, you know, put their minds at ease, um, you know, have them help, help them to believe in their success. Um, And so this is a really, I I really enjoy this conversation because it puts us behind the scenes, behind the curtain of something that we don't. I mean, all these years, yeah. we haven't had a conversation like this talking to midwives. This is great. Well, and as a client, too, I think it's natural. You you might have a little bit of tunnel vision in the sense that you might think you're their only client. Yeah. <laughs> and they have no other life but to be yeah. checking your emails and the, all the pictures that you send them of like, is this normal or is that normal? You know, I, so I appreciate that. And I, I want you all to be so well. I want you to feel great. I want you to yeah. come in energetically the way that, you know, like you said, because th- that there's transfer there. Absolutely. You know, with with what you're working with. Um, and this leads to my question before I do that, just to funny little anecdote from Sarah Bivens's life, just to demonstrate how <laughs> like someone who's giving you a service intimately and how they can impact you. I was the bridesmaid in a wedding a few years ago, and I was the ninth of nine bridesmaids to get her makeup done by the single makeup artist. And we <laughs> literally had to run in the car to go to the wedding. It was about to start. And I'm the last one. She's coming at me with brushes and things near my eyes. And she's like, oh, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ. Oh my God. Okay. I'm like, girl, take a step back because you are in my eyeballs right now. I don't care what you need to do. We will pause this wedding. I just want my eyes intact. But she was so frazzled. And part of me just thought like, I mean, I mean, I felt for her, but I was also like, it's kind of your job to keep it together right now. Cause like, <laughs> and that's yeah. a makeup artist at a wedding. This is not someone catching my baby out of my vagina. So if anyone were to come into my birth space with like a, a percentage of what that was, we all have a problem. So yeah. my question is all of that to say, what support do you feel like midwives could use just in general or even if it's just to share what we could know. I mean, I think what you've shared thus far is helpful, but if there's just anything else specifically that we could know that could be of support that like we could be a part of or that we could help facilitate, whatever that is, whatever comes up for you. Yeah. Oh, man. The first thing that comes to mind for me, and we talk about this a lot, is 
because there's very little understanding culturally of what a midwife does, mm. sometimes there can be confusion, therefore, with clients about what a midwife does. So we are the clinical care providers for your pregnancy, which means our primary task is the physical and clinical well-being and safety of the pregnancy. And yes, we so care about the emotional components. We so care about the psychosocial. All of that goes into wellness and we care about wellness. But um, for us, it is, it's very, very helpful when clients remember kind of what the midwifery scope is and what our role is. Like we're not your best friend and we're not your doula and we're not mental health therapists Mm. and we're definitely not marriage counselors Mm -hmm. and things like that. Um, that sometimes because we have intimacy and we have relationship, those things can get confused and we do have to have clear and loving boundaries often. Like that is not something that first of all, we're able to do well and something that we have the capacity to do because you know, like you said, Sarah, you're not our only client. So right. we, we really, really care about you. And we have to be um, able, we have to have the space and the time to focus on what you actually hired us for, mm-hmm. which is making sure that everything is going well um, and that everything is safe in your pregnancy and birth. So I think that is a big um, a big thing that we just learn more and more about as midwives as we go on, because we're also caregivers and we're also, we want to give and give, and we have to yeah. be really clear, like, you know what, actually I'm not able to do everything for this person in their pregnancy as much as in my heart. I might want to, that's just not reasonable. Mm-hmm. That's great to know. It's easy to, you know, on, on the client side of things to bring all of that to, to the midwives, mm-hmm. because again, we spend so much time, you know, like every meeting is an hour long. And in that meeting, we might spend 30, 40 minutes getting into the, the birth stuff. But then I also want to talk about this thing that happened with my partner and I and, you know, how my trust might be a little bit low right now. And I really want my trust to be higher because that's what I who I want in my birth. So, you know, be my midwife and my, my couple's counselor yeah. in that moment. You know, I think, uh, and you mentioned... Sarah, like the intimacy, you create such intimacy. And so it, I think it's, it would be easy to feel as if the space was, um, it was appropriate to bring those things into the space. Mm-hmm. So I'm hearing from your, from your side of it, just, ha- just, just juggling that and setting boundaries. And also you are a care provider and you want to help people. So that's good to know for us on the client side and for those mm-hmm. listening, like, okay, those are, these are things that um, we may, maybe don't bring it to the midwives, you know, maybe, maybe don't bring your relationship things to the midwives and, uh, and, and there, there are other outlets for those conversations perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Or bring a certain amount as it pertains to your pregnancy experience. Right, right. Definitely with prenatal visits, like there's room in prenatal visits for a lot more, but maybe don't email about yeah, or like call in the midst yeah. for a referee yes. or something. Um, we need a referee. I'm it's just funny. curious, any other additional tips we could call them for, for clients either before embarking on choosing a midwife or maybe even outside of a point outside the appointments things they can be doing that can improve their experience and relationship with their midwife like things they could be informing themselves on or things that they could be doing um because i I think we talked about this briefly before hitting record but i mean from my perspective you could have an amazing midwife and still have a bad experience because 
of the responsibilities you didn't take on as the birthing person and things to, you know, inform yourselves of and prepare yourself. So I'm just wondering if, you know, any additional tips you would share or patterns you've seen in clients that you've had really great relationships with and they really got a lot out of their experience. Yeah. Childbirth ed is probably one of the biggest things we can encourage people to do especially if it's a first baby or if it's your first um, like physiologic or natural birth, if you're planning that for the very first time. Um, we highly recommend childbirth education to everybody in our care. And we really see that people who set themselves up with a realistic expectation of what this is going to be like, especially in the home setting, that they just do so much better in their labors because they can cope with some of the time it takes and some of the intensity that's there um, and having an understanding of what's early labor, like what's the time that you are doing this without your clinical care provider present um, and then what's active labor and when is it appropriate for your midwife to be in the home with you and staying in the home with you. So we, for that reason, created our own childbirth education course Smart. online yeah, nice. and we send everybody in our care to that mm-hmm. <laughs> and encourage everybody out there planning a birth with midwives to take some sort of class. Um, our class is specifically geared towards that, someone planning a physiologic birth in the home setting or out of the hospital. Yeah, the second thing would be having a, a doula or an experienced support person. Mm. So to your point, Sarah, sometimes we, we just see that people do better and, and feel more supported and feel just more empowered after their birth when they do have that, especially if it's their first time giving birth yeah. or giving birth physiologically, because it is so much pressure on the partner and it is so much pressure on the birthing person to, even if you have taken childbirth education to feel confident, because there is a lot of labor that you wouldn't be at the hospital. If you were going to the hospital, they would have sent you home. Mm-hmm. And we aren't yet in the home with people because their contraction pattern doesn't necessitate monitoring. So that, um, that time period can be kind of anxiety producing for people. And they just do so much better when there's somebody there to say, this is exactly right. This Mm. is so normal. You're doing great. Let's do this. Um, they, they just have a better experience to say nothing of once we are there and we are doing our clinical care, we are emotionally present to our clients big time. But if we got to set an IV and give Pitocin and manage a hemorrhage and do my bimanual compression, we are really focused on that because yeah. that's our primary function. And so a doula is there to say, you know, all of the emotional things and to reassure the partner yeah. because that is a lot to watch your, your loved one going through when there's a baby on your chest, you know, all of this is going on. So it really, it's, it goes so much better when there is a doula or a very experienced um, support person. If it's, if it's somebody who wants someone in the family, they need to have been to physiologic births. They need to know what's normal, you know, have a lot of experience and, and very little fear, just a lot of trust. For Mm -hmm. sure. Yeah. Really Mm -hmm. invested in the experience and what you are playing for in the experience. Yeah. I love that you share that and that I think some people will collapse doula with midwife going back to some of our original points. What is a midwife? What is midwifery? Um, Just thinking I have a midwife that covers everything Um, And to your points about a first timer of either first birth or first physiological birth, how, you know, you could probably use that extra support. Um, And so I, I love that distinction. And that I also love how 
any midwife I've talked to supports having a midwife there. Like there's no, no one's trying to uh, monopolize any of this. Yeah, like most midwives we've spoken to have been in full support of, you know, yeah, have a doula there. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, oh, go ahead. The other thing we often like joke about to each other or or say is that we're like, we're only human. Like we are at the end of the day, human beings. And we can give a lot to people, but we can't give everything for 24 hours to someone. So having a doula means that you just have extra support on your side in the event that you have a long labor or you have a very, a very challenging birth where you need all hands on deck. You know, us midwives can do a lot, but we have a, a limit because we are humans who need sleep and need to eat. And we can't be with you <laughs> every contraction for a day and never pee. You know, right. we, have, yeah. we also have bodies, you know. Yeah. Wait, I thought they removed your yeah. bladders when you became midwives and you just did not have that human need. I thought. Right. Like, it. so sometimes you really need that. The other thing I would say is that I think we both notice that people do really well when they are taking a lot of ownership over their physical well-being and their pregnancy, their nutrition, their movement, their sleep, and also optimal fetal positioning, like doing physical therapy if that's needed, doing movement that is going to encourage a well-positioned baby. Like giving birth, it's called labor for a reason. It's hard work and a lot of it is surrender, but it does require a lot of strength and stamina and babies get in better positions typically when people are active. And we just can't say enough about what fetal position means for mm-hmm. labor. It is so huge. Mm-hmm. It is one of the biggest factors of how your birth will go. Mm-hmm. And it's pretty hard to have a well-positioned baby if you're really sedentary and you know your pelvis is super tight. And some things you can't do things about, but lots of things you can. And the clients who take ownership over that tend to, not always, because the baby decides a lot too, but (laughs) tend to have an easier experience. And that's outside of our control as midwives. What people do between their prenatal visits, we can't control that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What tips do you have for being a good client at the prenatal visits themselves? Bring your questions. Mm. Yes. Um, I would say that's like my number one is write your questions down in between visits and bring them to your appointment because that is your time for all of that. Yeah. I think that, I don't know. That's, it's kind of it. We we provide the rest. Yeah. Be an active participant, you know, like, and get out of it what you want to get out of it. It is your time. So use it, use it for you, whatever that means. We really do honor that hour for people that um, they get to, you know, use it how they want to use it. And if that means letting your kids come and get to know the midwives, awesome. Mm-hmm. If that means not bringing your kids because you're like, this is my hour, then awesome. awesome like too. we're fine with any of that. <laughs> Whatever the birthing person wants really is is what we want. Yeah. yeah. And my last question on this on this uh, thread is, what are, what are your tips for being a great partner client? Mm-hmm show up when you can show up as much as possible. Yeah. And, and be an equal participant, be informed, you know, take the courses, listen to the home birth midwife podcast. I think our clients who listen to the podcast together have more fun in their pregnancy and they feel better prepared and they feel much more relaxed. I think at the labor and postpartum. So yeah, just getting that information 
Um, and figuring out what you can do postpartum. Yeah. That's like the biggest time for partners to shine. In my opinion is once the baby's here, what's the plan? Mm. So that can be part of the midwifery journey is coming to visits and talking to us about what is postpartum really like? And then how can you as a couple or as a family prepare for the partner to really support the person who gave birth and the person who is possibly breastfeeding and what can you do with all of that time and recovery needed? Yeah. I think that I, I want to just underline again, like the midwifery model of care is not all about the birth and it doesn't end at the birth. Like we take care of people through six weeks. So we are going to be walking with you on your feeding journey, on your healing journey and all of that. And partners being well integrated into that and knowing like, what's, what's that structure look like as much as you can. Um, that just helps everything to go much more smoothly. Cause when we show up to our daytime visit and stuff is crazy, you know, because (laughs) it's not going well, of course, it's going to be a little overwhelming at that time. And no matter what, but, um, it just helps if it all feels like we're on the same team, like we're all different players on the same team. Mm -hmm. That's all fantastic. I love that approach. Sarah and Charlie, this has been so amazing. I'm so grateful to you too. Um, I'm going to include links to the Home Birth Midwife podcast, uh, Hearth and Home Midwifery, and your childbirth education. Is there anything else that you'd just like to share as far as resources or anything that I can include and direct people to? Just invite people to check us out on Instagram. We right. post regularly. Um, we do Midwife Mondays. Or we call them Midwife Mondays. Sometimes they happen on Mondays <laughs> where we answer your questions. So okay. any questions that you have for us on a rolling basis, we do that weekly. Of course, post cute newborn photos and just lots of information about home birth and birth in general. Oh, that's great. Thank you both so much. Thank you. Thank yeah, you so thank much you. for having us. Quick note about the Doing It at Home podcast. Matthew and I are not doctors or medical professionals, and nothing we say should be taken as medical advice or opinion. If you have medical or health-related questions, please take them to a trained professional. We're here simply to entertain you with stories and conversations about pregnancy, birth, and parenthood. Does your father know you're listening to this podcast? Well, when you're done, why don't you stop by and check out a show that is 100% dad-approved. Dadages. Hi there, I'm Chad Higgle. If you're looking for useful insights and practical advice you can actually apply to work, family, education, philanthropy, and just life in general, check out Dadages. That's D A D A G E S, wherever you listen to your podcasts.